I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Freaking first cut. Golly. What's going on, YouTube? Golf in Portland, golf in Silvis. We've got you covered in both areas. Hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed. We'll jump into it right now. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Kyle Porter, KP. Happy Thursday with multiple tours in action. Yes, I think the question that everybody is on everybody's mind that I think many people want us to discuss is Kevin Durant going to live. You know, I've I've heard the speculation. I've heard the rumors. It makes complete sense. He could take his talents to play a couple times a year. He'd get more time with his family. I love it. Yeah. Where do you think Kevin Durant will end up? Shane Bacon tweeted that, by the way. I'm stealing his joke. Kevin Durant will end up. Oh god! I mean, is he is he trying to play for like every team in the NBA? It's a it's amazing how much power the superstars have, which I don't think is wrong, right? But like he's actively working with the Nets to be like, okay, like let's trade you to a spot that you like and make sure we get what we want back in return. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, could he go to Boston? I don't know. I don't, I mean, I am, I imagine the trade package is gonna like. There's only there's got to only be a handful of teams that one would be a, a title contender and two have the package of prospects and picks to get them. I think Boston would be cool. Um, I mean, my Mavs here in Dallas. I don't. I don't. I don't have an NBA team. I'm just saying my Mavs because I live in Dallas. Uh, that would be awesome. Him and Luca. They probably. I don't think they have the the Sixers. This, Sixers moved to the second favorites to get them. This is what <laughs> did they really? Yeah. Who's the favorite? Uh, I just saw it. Miami. I think. Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. Mm, interesting. Uh, uh, this is Phoenix. Sorry, Phoenixes. Oh, that would be sick. This is what people tuned in for to hear us talk about where where do you land on KD? We'll, we'll get to the golf in a second. Where do, what, what's your what's your take on just as, not the trade, but as a as a person or as a, as a player? Uh, as a player, phenomenal, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, as a player, I think he's human, right? Because it takes a human who is a flawed human, likely who is a superstar by all metrics, one of the best in his trait 
to create a burner account and go protect yourself on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Katie's, that, Katie's on Twitter more than I am, which is a lot. Yeah. That is a, uh, probably someone who's who's insecure which listen i have i feel the same way at times but i i find that humanizing uh that he literally spends his free time like on a burner account on twitter yeah i've always been uh by the way jacob can you pull up this comment from zach jeffers at 517 but i've always been i've just been such a kd homer forever since he was at Texas, I was at a, the Texas Oklahoma State triple overtime game, which was in I think '07. It was unbelievable. He's just I've always, I've always loved him, and I I just I can't like help myself. Like it's to me, it's the most compelling. Uh, he he's the most com like one of the three most compelling people in sports to watch. It's like him, Steph Curry, and Rory for me. Uh, and so I just, I, I, I just excuse away all the other stuff. I find, I find it easy to like, just, uh, you know, excuse it all away. Uh, question on people's minds is when will KP's, uh, well, first of all, they're AirPods, not AirPods. <laughs> they, they really missed the boat on calling them ear pods. <laughs> uh, when will they crap out? Probably soon. I, I've had just, it's been a tough month uh, for me with the, uh, with the technology. So we're, we're efforting. Um, I apologize. 11 to play, Kyle, 11 to play right now in Portland, live golfs. Oh, 10 to play. Apparently I, I'm, I'm kind of in on the countdown. Uh, yeah. So am I. No, no problem with that. I have no problem with that. I think, the, yeah, no, not at all. All good. So uh, three things that people are critical of that I actually love. The team aspect. In theory, amazing. In practice, bad. Well, when, it, yeah, when it's uh, <laughs> Henny Duplessis, I keep going back to. When it's, when it's these guys, like, I, but if it was the top 48 in the world, way in. Uh, to the uh, what were we just talking about? The countdown. The, oh, the countdown. The countdown and the leaderboard weigh in. I think it's awesome. Me too. Uh, actually, four things. The shotgun start. I'm kind of in on. I hate saying that. I think I probably said that after the first one. I'm. I'm. I, it. It. It's not a great look. I don't need it at the Open Championship. I don't want it at the Masters, the U.S. Open. For like July 30th golf on a Thursday, I don't dislike it. Yeah, I, I would do it the first three rounds and then just yeah. go back to. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then four is you can be critical of a lot of things about live golf. There's, I mean, trust me, there is plenty to be critical about. I don't know that not having the product on TV is one of them. Like people, people are like, oh, it's not real because it's not on TV. It's like, yo, it's 2022, not 1992. You know, like everybody has YouTube. Like this is not an ill, this is not like a illegitimate way of like putting your product out there. Now, whether like that helps them build a business, like I don't know if you can build a business around that, but as a consumer, I have I have like zero problems with it. I, I it just it doesn't bother me at all. I'm sure more people watched YouTube last month than like cable television. Yeah, 
Like I'm, I'm sure it's probably a, a, a massive multiple. But um, I did see an article where they, I, and I haven't read, I need to go back and read it, but where like their executives, like really, like they were talking about how they know they need to be on TV. Is that because of, what, what's the reason for that? I, need I would imagine it's, it's um, like val. It's it, it makes it what's the word I'm looking? Not validation, but it makes it like it makes it more official. It makes it like a real Jacob. I got to take on that. I mean, I think it's just pretty much like able to be on in the background in more places, right? I mean, like the bar at a country club probably doesn't have a, a hookup to YouTube very easily, or like a bar or a Dick Sporting Goods, you know, where they'd have it on a channel. I mean, maybe that, that would only be my thinking. It it just gets you out in more places, as as Brooks said, golf golf's on TV more. <laughs> YouTube bad. YouTube on TVs is sort of like uh, Bluetooth in cars, where it's it's it is like it'll get phased in over the next ten years to where no car in the future will not have like a Bluetooth hookup. My car right now that we drive does not. And that won't exist in like 10 years from now. And in the same way, like TVs without YouTube won't exist 10 years from now. I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking about going to a bar and being like, can I get the live golf event? Do you have, can, can you Chromecast this? Can you Chromecast this? I can't like, go to that TV. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell? Uh, okay. What, where do we want to start with all this? Where, uh, where well, I guess about? where we like picking up where we left off would be, the pressers from earlier in the week. So um, I don't know what was that Monday or Tuesday, Kyle, where they, these guys, so they sit down in groups of three and they go for 30 minutes, which is a unique way to do pressers, right? Usually it's just one-on-one you get a golfer and he talks until time's up or you run out of questions. Some guys talk for six minutes. Some guys talk for much longer than that, but this is like a, a dedicated time slot and you get access to three guys at a time, which I think creates some good things. And I think creates some bad things. <laughs> yeah, it creates some content. I mean, I think we we can say that, right? Yeah, I, it, it, it's kind of like more of like a group mentality, right? Like all it takes is for Pat Perez to to you know make an inference at bashing the PGA Tour or something like else like that, and then everybody else jumps on board. I think it I think it frees these guys up that they're not out there by themselves. Yeah, and and even like Kepka did this where he would answer a question and then he would get asked the same question and he would defer to somebody else. He would say, "Well, I'd, you know, I'd love to hear what Patrick or what uh, Reed thinks about that." And I don't know, it it is which one do you like better? Do you like multiples up there or just one-on-one? Mm, I like one-on-one. You know what I hate? You know what my biggest pet peeve is, and I apologize in advance if you've ever done this. I hate when people ask two part questions because <laughs> it only it allows the the interviewee to choose which question to answer. Well, yeah, I think the move is to ask a question and to jump in immediately for a follow up. Immediate follow up. Well, why or how or yeah, grow oh, in the game. How? Boom. Follow up. The hard part about that is if they give you like a two word answer and you haven't formulated your follow up yet. And you just get like that's what happened hung. to Daniel with Tiger. <laughs> yes, you just get hung out over the middle, and you just get lit up. You just get just destroyed while you're while you're going out over the middle. Um, well, I was gonna. Oh, I I think I actually I don't dislike the group thing because I think what happens, and and you see this at at team events, Ryder Cups and Presidents Cups. 
is when when you're out there on your own, you are almost always in this sort of athlete speak where it's like, well, we're just taking it one hole at a time, one shot, you know, whatever. But when you've got other guys out there, you kind of get a little, maybe a little too comfortable with like how the discussion is going. You're kind of feeding off each other. And when you're comfortable as a, as a speaker, you say things that maybe you shouldn't say that are, that are uh, more like closer to the truth. And as a reporter, as a journalist, as a writer, that's what I am trying to get to, right? That's, that's or like the closest version of that that I can. So I, I think I actually like the, the groups up there. That, that makes sense. And Jacob, Jacob has a comment on this. So come on to Jacob. But that happens a lot for us here when we get like an interview with somebody and they're like, hey, you've got 18 minutes. And at, thir- at minute 13, we've cracked into the comfort zone and now we don't have any time left to do anything. So it, it allows, I think, us to get there a little bit faster in the group portion. Go ahead, Jacob. I, I love the multiple people doing one press conference. This is something I think they, they probably looked at Formula One and borrowed, which is something that sport does really well, is you'll have rival drivers doing a press conference at the That's same cool. time. And it creates a wonderful like tension yeah, whenever, you ask, sweet. whenever you ask a guy like to his face, like, what, do you, what did you think about what this guy did to you? on lap well, that's seven. like boxing press conferences right it's like who do you think is going to win he's like i'm going to beat that guy's face and he's sitting six feet away from me. exactly yeah. and it's and it's wonderful <laughs> and it creates these great moments my only problem and i mean like granted this is the first week of doing it but it's like you know brooks and pat perez and patrick reed they're they're getting paid bukus of money it goes to like sort of that the the lack of competitive juice that people are suspecting this league might have and you know you're like i want brooks to say he wants to alpha these dudes and instead he's just like yeah i never talked to these guys before but like we grabbed drinks the other night yeah like, what that's kind of like, lame like i want you to uh, where where's brooks at that that's just well and that that gets at yeah that gets at sort of the and uh, oh there's so many things to talk about I'll, I'll talk about two things real quick or three things one I would love to hear Rory and Brooks talk about one another while up on the podium at the same time. Yes. I think that's what Jacob is sort of saying. Like, I want Rory in the room when Brooks is say, is like talking. Or I want Brooks in the room when Rory's talking. That'd be sweet. The second thing, this is a question that I got on... I mean, I got a lot of responses and questions on Twitter. But this is one that I think is a legitimate question that I've been thinking about a lot and talking to other people about a lot, which is why is live golf an exhibition? And I think what, what made me think of that is what Jacob said about Brooks, not being like cutthroat, like Brooks and, but just being like, I don't, you know, DGAF Brooks. What's that stand for? Uh, <laughs> this is a family, <laughs> family friendly operation. I'll Google it later. There, there are two things. One and I've probably said this on podcasts before, so I'm sorry, but one live golf exists outside the ecosystem of the, the four most important events, mm-hmm. right? The major championships mm-hmm. in other sports, we call that an all-star game, which is fine. It's an all-star game. It's great. It, but it's an exhibition. There's no pathway, at least right now for these events to feed you into the the NBA playoffs or NFL playoffs of golf, which is the Masters, U.S. Open, PGA Championship. 
And then the other thing, I think this is the one that I would tie to what Jacob said about Brooks is there's no threat of Brooks or DJ or Phil being replaced. They're not going to, there's nobody good enough to replace them. That's playing in live golf. But I, I think people get really worked up about this guaranteed money thing. It's like, yo, there's, there's guaranteed money in every sport. That doesn't mean it's uncompetitive. And the reason it stays competitive is because Mike Trout knows if he strikes out the next 400 times in a row, he's getting replaced or, or whatever, you know, but because that threat, because of, of, of like this fracturing off of live golf right now, it just like, it's like a little slice of the rock that kind of broke off and you don't have all the best guys in it. There's no threat of those guys being replaced. So I, I would be fine if there was guaranteed money in golf, as long as all the best guys were fighting for it, because then it engenders competition. Cause you're like, yo, if I don't shoot 68, 69, seventies, I'm, I'm out. Like I don't get to play in this anymore. So I don't know. That's, we can talk about the press conferences now, but that's just something that I've thought about a lot. Guys in other sports sports are playing for their next contract, playing for their next job in theory. So uh, let's talk about the presser. So it was Bryson answer and somebody that I cannot remember. And that went exactly as you expected. The Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, Pat Perez presser was noticeably more hostile. Okay. That's a great word. That's a better word than I would have come up with. How else would you describe it? Well, I think Perez and Brooks made Reed look jovial by I comparison. Really like this is the best Patrick Reed has ever looked. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and, and I say that like it was just by him not saying anything, yeah. right? Where Perez is, did you see what Fred Couples said about Pat Perez? I heard, I heard what he said about Phil Mickelson. I didn't hear what he said about Pat Perez. He said, he said, I heard Pat Perez of all people was popping off because he's a grain of sand on this tour. He should be the the quietest and the most kind. And he's up there yelling. I was like, whoa, Freddie, a grain of sand. That's a, that's a this. nice burger. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so two things. Uh, well, I, yeah, two things stood out. One. I was really, I don't know if offended or offended's the wrong word. I'm not offended by it. I, I was just like, I think disgusted when Pat Perez tried to use missing his kid's birth as a reason that people should dislike the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? I did. Here's the quote. I missed my son's birth last year, August 18th. I get a call. My wife's going into labor. I'm in Jersey. I'm getting ready to start the FedEx Cup playoffs. The, the, the first playoff event. I'm so he's, he's in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. I can't leave. I can't miss it. I can't get back. I can't get there and back without spending 150 grand on a private flight. I'm not doing that. So I had to suck on it. <laughs> That's his words, not mine, obviously. And I had to miss my son's birth. And, you know, fortunately, I made the cut and I moved up my status by playing all right, but it still sucked. I have to tell him one day why I wasn't there, end quote. What do you think he's going to tell him one day why he wasn't there? First of all, okay, I'm not a sentimental guy, but just thinking about, like, if my dad told me today that he was not at my birth, I'd be like... But what, what am I supposed to say? I don't love you anymore. It's uh, like nothing has changed in the last however many years, whether you were present or not. Now, I'm also not a father. So maybe that's a very important thing. I 
I don't know what he's going to say, but I hope he says it to him in his uh, museum of Jordans and all these other great things that he has and his beautiful life that his son is going to have. I think it's going to be okay. I, I think the the irony of him trotting that story out there as like this reason we should all hate the tour is that he made himself look like a fool. Like he threw himself under the bus unintentionally so by saying I couldn't like listen, if you're if you're playing for your PJ Tour card, like if it's Wyndham and you're like 124th. I sort of get where you're coming from. I, I think that uh, having had 27 kids myself or what it feels like, it, it's not like the biggest, like people sort of overstate what a big deal it is to be at the, it, it's, it's a really special moment. And it's something that you shouldn't miss. If you're playing for your job, your livelihood, whatever. And it, and it conflicts, like, I sort of get you're already in the playoffs, dude. Like that's over. You, you when he said I couldn't leave, no, you could leave. Like you have the you're not being like held hostage in New Jersey. He had made twenty eight million dollars in his career before that. He had a job locked up for the following year, plus everything off the golf course. He could very much have just left. And so he, he he was trying to make us say, like, oh, the tour, they stink. And it's like, no, you just look like a fool because you chose to play for a couple hundred grand over being at your son's birth. Right. So that was that was that made me that got me like really fired up. Uh, and then the second thing was Brooks. Boy. And I, I had a little thread about this on Twitter. And uh, people can go read it. I, I spent a lot of time kind of crafting what I wanted to say. But for me, the Brooks thing is 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 akin to the Phil thing, where it's like, man, Brooks is <sighs> Brooks is a champion. Like he is a he's like the man when it comes to major championships. And I think people don't, I mean, Justin Ray had uh, I don't know if you can find that producer Jacob. Justin Ray had a stat about uh, Americans who have won four or more majors before turning thirty. I think it's uh, I'll get it wrong. I think it's Hagen, Hogan, Tiger, Jack, and Brooks. That's that is Brooks is not like anybody else in this league in in terms of how how big time of a champion he is. And you can talk about, well, he hasn't, he's never won the Byron Nelson. It's like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't care. Like he won Shinnecock and he won Aaron Hills and like Beth page. Like he's a, he's a champ. And I, you get the sense. And I, this is what I thought about Phil's presser too. There's just a lot of shame over what, like he, and this is what, this is what I was writing about. He, I think part of them can't believe that they're, sort of mantra about like, I don't care about anything but championships and kind of the pride that they had in that. I think there's some shame that that pride had a price and this league found what that price was and paid it. And I think part of them can't believe that they did that. And that's the, that's the general feeling that I got from his press conference. And that might be like, you know, armchair psychologist going too deep there, but man, that was my big takeaway. And I, I think that he, I think deep down, he just kind of can't believe what he did. Cause he's, he's, he's spent years building this persona as, as such an alpha. And it's just like, now he's clapping back at r reporters at a live golf presser, like, and I mean, up there with, 
Patrick and Patrick, just Pat I mean, and Pat. Why do you think he's never gone out with those guys before, Kyle? Why do you think he's never gone out with those guys? He, do, he doesn't believe that they're like in his universe. Correct. And they're not. They're not. I and I think I think that is just he, he was the person in that presser that he would have been making so much fun of two years ago, right? The thing that I find so amazing about this whole thing is these guys know what know knew that they were going to be asked difficult questions. They've had time to prepare. They know how this is going to be perceived, and they still come off like objectively as jackasses, which is like amazing to me. Even Phil, who I think <laughs> the, 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 the Phil blueprint works, right? Get up there for thirty minutes. Don't say anything, but say you respect. Heisman. Correct. But even, even Phil, the only time that I thought he made himself look worse in that presser was when he's getting the question, um, what's the woman's name from? Uh, Christine Brennan. Yes, thank you. About uh, 9-11 survivors and all this stuff. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a question there? Which is like yeah. – <laughs> First of all, it's coming. Um, like they know they're going to be asked these questions. There, there is a, an idea that hey, we could make this look really fun and really great. Just don't be a jerk, and like they can't do it. It's amazing to me. Yeah, and and is that because they are uh, not smart, or is it because they are arrogant? Like, what is the reason behind it? Because I actually thought, and and I heard the shotgun start, it, uh, guys, Andy and Brendan talking about this. Like, it, like Bryson kind of came off as, it, I mean, it was a little silly, I guess, because you're talking about like, I mean, just just it feels like parody when Bryson's talking about uh, Crusher's strategy in in a earnest way. It just feels like I. I can't believe that this is like a thing that's taking place, but man, it looks a lot more attractive and, and seems a lot just better than whatever I heard. And then the other presser, right? Like what, what is the reason that they can't, that they, they're so bad at it? I don't know. Maybe it's arrogance. Maybe they're just weak, man. I mean, I know it's, I know these are questions they haven't seen before, but you, you are kidding me that like you could put me up on stage right now and I'd be just like, thank you for your question. I under, I understand. But, and, they, and they run out the line of, well, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Just keep banging that drum. Just be a nice guy and don't answer the questions. Like it's really shocking. Yeah. That was Brooks's best moment when he was talking about Rory and said, well, you know, I respect Rory and he's entitled to his opinion. And, and it just, <clears throat> it, it kind of came off like he actually cared about what he was saying and the rest of it, it almost wasn't even what they said, but the posture that they took as they said it. That's right? right. Yeah. And that is just so controllable. Like if you slip up and say something stupid, fine, like whatever, but man, you just come off as like such a, I don't know. It it it, uh, it it comes off as you are up there. Their literal posture was, I have way more money than any of you fools, and I don't need to be in this room right now. And it's like, man, that sucks. Like, that just sucks. And that is not why any of us should be doing any of this, you know? And And that was sort of my takeaway from it. 
Uh, I agree with you. Now, Will Zalatoris released a statement. It says, <laughs> in part, there's been a lot of rumors. I'm fully committed to the PGA Tour and DP World Tour. See you in Scotland. Uh, he's the he's the uh, the race to Dubai leader, Will Zalatoris. Because of the majors. <laughs> yeah, he leads the race. Will Zalatoris leads the race to Dubai. Which That's is incredible. Morikawa just went over to play the finals last year. He was in first, I believe. Was, yeah, it's the exact same thing. Was there any... I literally have not heard of Will Zalatoris rumor. And I've, I've talked to a... Every golfer except Will Zalatoris. <laughs> yeah. Like, who, 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 like, where were these rumors? It's like he just wanted to, he just wanted to clear that up. He's what like, I, he's like, no one's I, asked me, so I'm just going to blast it. <laughs> I barely, like, when, uh, Colin Morikawa released his statement, I had barely heard his name, like, barely, barely on the fringes. Is this just, do they get like Instagram DMs that are like, oh, everybody's saying that I'm leaving? And it's like, well, is anybody that matters saying that you're leaving? I, I don't know why he did this, but hey, thanks, Will. Appreciate yeah, you. It's great. We, we got I, I am interested. I, I'm really intrigued because I, I can't remember who, uh, I, I think I was talking to my wife about this, about how. And this is reductive and it's not you can old takes expose me in two months or whatever, but it really feels like, and I've said this probably on this podcast before, it feels like a villains tour in a, in a, I don't want to say good guys, but like a non villains tour right now. And I'm not saying that everybody in live golf is like a terrible human being. I'm not even saying that the guys that we're talking about are terrible human beings. I'm just saying that's the, that's the vibe that you get when you listen to Brooks and Pat Perez and whoever, and then you listen to Justin Thomas and Morikawa and Rory. It, that's just what it feels like. I, I don't know how you could look at it objectively and say it feels any other way. So I'm really fascinated to see what's the next group of guys that they go over to, to live. Do you get, is it, I mean, I don't know who else, if there are any villains left on the on the uh, in in like other golf leagues, PGA Tour, European Tour, whatever. But do you get somebody that is like a speed? I'm not is a Jordan Spieth like person that crosses over. I'm not trying to start a Jordan Spieth rumor whatsoever, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's some that people have a ton of respect for and like a lot, and that's when it gets to me, really interesting. Well, we've confirmed that Will Zalatoris is not looking for a new job, but if you are looking for a new wow. job, thank you, LinkedIn Jobs. And if you're looking to hire, maybe this is the place for you because I know the feeling it can be harder than ever to find and hire the qualified people that you need, especially in your small businesses. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes into play because – it makes it easy to find those you want to talk to and to do it faster. I'm all about efficiency. So you can create a LinkedIn job post in literally minutes and you can reach, how about this, over 770 million people and focus on the candidates with the right skills that are best set for you. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Here's what you need to do. Get on LinkedIn Jobs right now with nearly 40 million jobs 
and post your job for free at linkedin.com slash first. That's linkedin.com slash first to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Maybe Greg Norman could post a, a, a job. Maybe, maybe he should post on LinkedIn jobs, get access to all the right skill sets, maybe bring some people over in that way, collect a couple of resumes from professional golfers, um, interview, second round, introduce him to his potential colleagues, see how that goes. Outside of a player, like players aside, what is the who is the person that it would be most beneficial for Greg Norman to hire? Uh, there are two. Victor oh. Hovland would be... No, 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 outside of a player. Oh, sorry. I was so excited to say Victor's the nicest guy and everybody likes him and he's like the the guy that you that you should get. <laughs> okay. Um, well, answer both. So say like a player and then out, outside of players. The two players are Victor and Hideki. And the non-players, who could he hire? Hmm. I would say hire uh, the best crisis PR person on the planet. And give these guys <laughs> like five minutes of talking points and training before their next press conference. Yeah, <laughs> that would be helpful. I, I just don't know. Uh, th- there was some there was some back and forth on Twitter today about does does this need to like as a business does it does it even need to work out? And I think some people would say no, it's just straight sports washing. And other people, I had, I had a friend in town that lives in Ethiopia, and him and his family were here for a few weeks and he was talking about how he, he doesn't have like direct t- ties at all to Saudi Arabia, but we were just talking about how, yeah, sports washing can be a thing, but he was saying that a lot of times the, the, the Saudi government is just trying to like diversify its, its business portfolio essentially, which I think is what other people have said also. And so I'm curious about, I mean, they're, they're really, in a lot of ways they're, if you want to make the Netflix to the PJ Tours blockbuster right now, where they're just spending, 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 and not making anything close to a profit. And that's like, is that indefinitely okay? Is it okay for 10 years? Like, I, I just don't know. I don't even know why I started talking about this, but I just don't know how that is. Oh, because who would I hire? I, maybe uh somebody to I, I don't know what what's the what's the biggest source of revenue that you could generate to to get close to to break even is it a tv contract maybe somebody to negotiate a tv contract it's like a it's like an oil deal or like a are you talking about oh, making money on golf or making money in general on golf it's television then yeah and or no okay yes television and turning the teams from the four aces into the Mitsubishis and the uh, Sonys. And- yeah, that, that's what I would do. I, I would bring some that, – that's a great call. You, you bring somebody in that is a an ace sort of sponsorship uh, uh, marrier, like marries sponsorships with uh, teams or, or – I don't need, yeah, an entity essentially. And you get a, I, I forgot who was talking about this. Um, somebody was talking about how you get a team Japan, 
Like you get all, all these guys that are, are are from Japan. You put them on this, and, and we've seen that this week, right? There's a there's a South African team. Is there a Japan team? Uh, I don't know if they're all from Japan, but I believe they're all from Asia. I think they might all be from Japan. Yeah. And so you get a sponsor behind that, and this is what uh, I can't remember what it's called. Jamie Kennedy was tweeting about it. Uh, the India Premier League, I think, which is a cricket organization that has built these multi-billion dollar franchises like within its sport and we're going to do a what would your ideal pga tour look like and that's spoiler part of what mine would look like Mm. uh so yeah i think that would that would be my answer either somebody to secure a tv rights deal or somebody to uh get get sponsors for those franchises john deere classic the postman out in front 962 yeah. from JT Poston. Splendid card, bogey free, eagle on number two. This is con- continuing a very solid stretch of golf from JT Poston. Before the week started, Kyle, if you looked at the last 24 rounds, strokes gain total, JT was best in the field, 1.22. He's got a couple of top tens. He's playing well now, and he's front running. Yeah, I didn't pick him. Uh, he wasn't in any of my picks this week, but I. Whenever we were on, where did he finish last week at the Travelers? T2? T3? T2, I think. Uh, when we were when I was on HQ right after the Travelers last week, and we have to do this segment called, uh, what's it called? Perfect Fit? Yeah. And the uh, my perfect fit was JT Poston for the John Deere. So here, here we are. I mean, it was what was the strokes gained? It had to be great because he's three ahead. Yeah, so still out there. Uh, there's still some guys finishing up, I believe, but it's got to be. Let's see, golf course playing a little bit over. It's like no, it's like nine strokes. That's yeah, that's really good. Yeah, uh, and becomes oh wow because he closed. No, I misread the stat. He opened up the Travelers with a 62. So he becomes the first player on record to open consecutive tour events with a 62. First round leader, uh, rock and roll star. That's impressive. I mean, John Deere is a pretty, the TPC Deer run is not an extraordinarily difficult course. Although it's playing tougher today than than uh, you you would probably think it would be. But Travelers and, and that back to back, that's that's impressive stuff. He's, he's uh, not in the Open Championship. I think the only guys in this field that are, that are in the Open Championship are Webb, uh, Dylan Fratelli, and somebody else. So I think sometimes what we miss on some of these tournaments is like, okay, who's winning? Who's winning for sure? But also, hey, there are three spots up for the Open Championship at St. Andrews, which is going to be a, obviously a big deal. So I, you you have to think that that plays into at least some of these guys as they get into the weekend or in the top ten. Three shots clear of Vaughn Taylor, four shots clear of the pack at five under, which is Ricky Barnes, Denny McCarthy, Chris Nagel, Dylan Fratelli, who's still out on the golf course, and Michael Gligic as well. Uh, do we have the odds boards, Jacob? Because uh, JT Posted is the favorite, plus 275, with Denny McCarthy two, uh, four back, excuse me, at 11 to 1. Uh, there's a lot of scoring out there, KP, and you mentioned it as well. Course played harder than it kind of has, it played a little bit over par. There could be more 62s out there uh, the rest of the week. So I, I, this thing is nowhere near over for me. 
Yeah. Our boy Cam Davis there at 28. Uh, Chris Goderup, he's the Haskins award winner from OU. He's a good player. Um, Davis made it, two bogeys coming in too, which is like, is two of his last three holes. He could have been at five under. I still love the, like, I still love his trajectory going into the weekend. Goderup is only on the 12th hole. So he's got some, he's three under and has six holes to play. Uh, or maybe he's on the 13th now. He's, well, he's playing the, and he's, uh, he's playing the front side. So that's the easier side as well. So if he gets, you know, if he gets two more coming in. Yeah, that's interesting. Five. He's now one shot off a second. I can't imagine JT Poston runs away with this and shoots 35 under. Like he, we're going to get some lever, leaderboard gravity at some point. That would be sick if he did. Could you imagine? Remember when Michael Kim just was like, uh, just found Tiger secret sauce for four days. And he, then, it had to be one of the great putting performances. You, you probably have it in your database, but it had to be one of the best strokes gained putting performances for a four round event uh, in the last 20 years. It was Unbelievable. I think uh, Stallings for me, I know we joke about him a lot on here, but he's been playing really solid golf. I kind of like him at 18 to one. He was in uh, what event was he kind of in for a while? Was it colonial? It's just like two weeks ago. Wasn't it? Canada. Memorial. Where was it? T8 last week, but you're thinking, oh, Colonial T4. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he had that drop by the, um, by the sign that took forever. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Unfortunately, I had so forgotten weird. about it until you just brought it back up. But yes, yeah, he's yeah. I, I might be in on uh, on Scott Stallings. Michael Kim gains 13 and a half strokes putting. There's only been. Kevin Na gained 14 in a win at Shriners one year. Jeez. Lost from T to green, gained 14 strokes with the putter and won. Uh, and then Patrick Cantlay gained 14 and a half in a win at the BMW Championship. Yeah, that was sick. Losing from T to green and winning the tournament is sick. I can't emphasize how sick that I, is. I'm pretty sure the uh, I'll have to go back and check, but that Kevin Na one might be the only one. It, well, and there's some... The flip side of that, VJ Singh had had some wins where he lost strokes putting and won, uh, which is which is also sick. Um, do it. JT also did it right. Lost strokes and putting and won. It's so difficult to do. I mean, you you don't make anything and you still win the tournament. You're just flushing it all over the place. Um, yeah. This this will be uh, the bet that I'm most proud of. I don't know if I said this on our pod, but I said it on HQ, Adam had one to miss the cut. It was like plus two thirty, and he shot. He was like four over last I saw. Yeah. He's four over. He's T one thirty three. Why did you like that? Uh, he had gained all of his strokes recently around the greens and he just wasn't hitting it that well. And he wasn't putting it that well. And I just, I didn't, I, I don't know. That that was sort of my reasoning. Did it, it? I mean, he still might make the cut, but that was kind of what was behind it. Yeah, he had like he had those really good ball striking gains earlier in the year. That started to slow down. Like it was, that was a good call. I like that. Yeah. All right. Anything else, KP? Before we get out of here, uh, I think that's it. I got my uh, my my. I finally got those live presser takes off my chest and. Yeah, man, I've already started thinking about the Open Championship. I'm headed out there in awesome. nine days. 
I'll be, I'll be flying out and I just, I'm so excited. It's such a, it's going to be such a cool way to end such a weird golf summer. And, uh, I can't wait, can't wait to see how it goes down. I'm stoked for you. I can't believe you didn't work in. Why don't I just go out early, taking the Scottish, taking the JP McManus, the JP McManus. How about this? First of all, what an incredible program. There are 25 guys who have ever held the number one ranking in the world. 13 of them are playing in the JP McManus. That's dirty. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was only played once every five years, which is sweet. It's once every five years. That's like the, it's like more infrequent than the Olympics and the world cup. That's why they show up for it. Yeah. I, I, okay. So pull up this, uh, Pull up this quote or this uh, comment from from David, producer Jacob. Also, while we do that, David has uh, kind of uh, called for a ceasefire on you, which I think is nice. A detente. <laughs> uh, he says, "What what does the wife think about the international trip? Leaving her behind with the kids? Listen, not a, she's not excited. She's very gracious and understanding that the Open Championship at St Andrews." being played for the 150th time literally will never happen again. Uh, and so she, and she's excited for me, but yeah, this is why like that comment is why I'm not going to the Scottish open. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that like not she's, she's great about all this stuff, but man, to be gone for nine days or I'm, I'll be gone for 10 days over there wow. to turn that into like 15 would have been, <laughs> would have been tough. <laughs> That's fair. That's very, very fair. All right. Round by round recaps will continue Thursday. No, today is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But for now, producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob underscore Alex. Kyle Porter is available at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.